0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Although we're thinking about changing the name to the Raiders Review with uh, the Hater and the Suckhole. So uh, I'm the Hater and you must be... The Suckhole, but I'm
1: in fact the Pork, not the Suckhole. Um, so I, I take great umbrage at that. I'm just... It was your I, idea. I'm just... It was not my <laughs> idea. It was yours. Hater. Hater. Suckhole. Hater. Um, yeah, well, at this present stage, I think at this stage of the season, we could all agree that... Um, Things haven't gone well. Things haven't no. gone well. Hasn't no. been a happy
0: season, Blake. No. It's been an unfortunate season. Uh yeah, I mean I don't I don't know really what to say. a lot of people are saying they sort of can't wait for the season to end at this point. Mm. But uh, mm. I will be heading out to the game on the weekend. Yes, I will also be heading out to the great
1: and as any true Dyed in the Wall green supporter will, we will be out there. Um It could get up. ugly. It could get ugly. There's no questions about that. Having Too- said that, Eastern Suburbs don't have the world's best record down in Canberra. Um, but once Is more, that a recent thing? Uh, yeah. But once more, I am not very happy about the prospect of playing a second rower in the centres, especially when the centres, the calibre, of uh, Latrell Mitchell up against them. Um, that seems to me to be a recipe for disaster. Add one Latrell Mitchell, put a second row in the center, equals uh, bake for 80
0: minutes, and then prick with a fork, and one disaster. It'll be interesting, won't it? Um, yeah, so the team the team was named, and, and the big shock, I think, about um, this, well, personally, the big shock for the team this week was the fact that um, Shannon Boyd got got picked to the side again after what was a very ordinary performance yeah. against the West Tigers. It was an ordinary performance. 30 minutes, Yep. 60 metres, yeah. dropped balls, penalties tackles. conceded. Yeah, yeah just it was the ugly. usual...
1: Look, and I had a talk um, to uh, one of the pe- one of the Raiders people in the in the tunnel about you know at this present stage what I'd be doing is uh, blooding all the youngsters we can possibly blood to give them as many match experience exactly because we're going to be relying on those guys moving forward. Come and, up. and that's that's sort of what we all want to see. And one of the things that I found was the second tier salary cap is at its limit, and so actually bringing those kids in is being
0: blocked. But that's what you told me, and then since then, Emre Gula has actually been named. So well, he's been maybe brought up.
1: the NRL has actually finally done us a favour in some regards. Imagine that. Imagine the NRL actually doing us a favour. Because we all remember how they refused to uh, give us salary
0: cap concessions to replace Josh Hodgson in well, spite actually, of the fact
1: he was our marquee player. Yes.
0: Well they changed they've subsequently Change that rule, but too late to benefit us. Uh,
1: Far too late to benefit us. I mean, they were only too happy uh, last season or the season before to uh, break a lot of rules to get uh, Jared Hayne into a club. uh, You know, amending the rules or changing them to help the Raiders in any way, shape, or form seems to be something that's well outside Todd Greenberg. Which sort of
0: we'll have to go back to some other things, but brings us then to the John Bateman signing. Mm. And so it's all it's finally been confirmed. It's good news. We're looking forward to it coming. There's a $250,000 transfer fee. This is the rumoured amount, yes. I have not had that confirmed. And we're not sure as to whether or not that's actually
1: going to count on the salary cap. Look, and I've asked a person at the club about that, and that person said he wasn't sure. Yes. Uh, I believe it does. I believe um, transfer fees do count.
0: When we saw Matt Elford, my understanding was at the time that it did count. Mm. And then since then, you know, Sam Burgess apparently... South had to pay a lot to Rugby Union to bring him back, but that didn't count because it was a different code. And then maybe Jared Hayne didn't count because he was from, you know, I mean, yeah, NRL yeah. makes up all these rules mm. on the run and doesn't seem to suit the Canberra
1: Raiders at no. all. No, the bastard, the bastard child. No, of the NRL. it's sort of
0: Channel Nine sort of would like us to do this. Okay, we'll change this rule. Yep. on the run, but yeah, unfortunately yep. for the Raiders. Um, so with getting back to the the team selection for this week, though, mm. I mean. Shannon Boyd was, I think, lucky to be, to be named again, especially considering, the fact, he's... Very lucky. On his way out. He's on his way out. out he's of playing form. terrible. Mm. What's the point of having the side? I Don't mean, know. Don't know. Jack Murchie, on the other hand, well, you know, looking at his stats, it's no wonder he didn't make the side this week. I mean, he was terrible. He was. No, zero, played, zero no meters played. No runs. No metres. <laughs> Mind
1: you, he didn't miss any tackles. I mean, so well, no, that's zero errors and zero <laughs> errors and zero missed tackles, and he didn't concede a penalty. So um, you gotta,
0: you gotta wonder what the plan is though with the, these sort of young blokes that you bring, you sort of bring them in and you, you don't play them, and then you know, I don't know. I don't know that either. But at this, does point, Ricky know what he's doing at this point, or has he just given up? No, or is Ricky he never is, gives up. Is he playing, uh, still persisting with with Shannon Boyd and Junior Polo because he he thinks that maybe if he finishes tenth, it's better than finishing. 12th or 13th. I mean, most fans at this stage, you know, don't really care whether we come 10th or 12th and we'd like to see the young blokes given a go. I think we would too, but I also
1: think he has markers that he has to meet. Um, uh, One thing I do know, and no, I don't know the logic behind it, but uh, what I do know is there will be logic behind it. This will not be untwisted logic? I don't necessarily agree with that whatsoever. I I think Ricky has shown himself to be a fantastic... um, uh, tactician in his entire um, professional sporting life. He does things very well. It might just be the, you know, like the the people he's giving the tactics to don't carry them out very well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, do, I who, do tells
1: who tells Joey Lalua to offload off the kickoff after he's just scored a try? Do you think Ricky says, you know what I want you to do? <laughs> you know what I want you to do, Joey? No, 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 no. Uh, to hell with that ball security stuff. I want to see you offload in that situation. I want to see that.
0: But you, I mean, you look at our team, and 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 you know we do do a lot of stupid and dumb things. But mm. we're also a very talented team because mm. we're we've scored more points than the other team side, more tries, year. more points. That's right. That's right. That's correct. So you, so you do you do wonder where where the sort of I don't know where the coaching and the discipline. You know, obviously Ricky doesn't tell them to do stupid things. No, but that's right. That's it's the right. coach's job to ensure that they don't. It's the coach's job to ensure that they play with some structure. Yeah, that's true. And it's true. ensure that they make the right decisions. Yeah, in I agree with that.
1: scenarios. I agree with that too. But I also think it's the players stupid, and I think we've got a couple of players who are in the exit lounge, um, who are making decisions who uh, are not up to carrying out the instructions, and hence they're on their way out, um, one way or another. Either they can't do enough minutes, or their decision making processes aren't that good. I think I'm very much hoping the new two new players coming in will make a big difference. Plus, we'll get Toots and Jackie Boy back. Yeah, And that make a big difference. You give us Jackie Boy back for half those close matches that we lost since it's been suspended, I think we win them. But he's not there. And that's his own damn full fault, Jack. And if you're listening here, I'm still mad with you. I love you, but I'm still, still very, very mad with you for that. But you know what? You're one of us, so I'm going to forgive you for it. Now, just back to the Roosters. I believe the last time the Roosters beat us in Canberra was when Todd Carney was playing for them in 2010. Really? Yep. But I mean, they probably haven't played here every year since then. be another factor. They have played four matches, and they have lost every single one of them. Yeah. So uh, their record isn't that crash hot. But then we go to uh, Sydney, and we haven't won at the SFS in I, our record's appalling. There isn't it? Yeah, really, really bad. I can't see one. You'd have to go back into the two thousand into the noughties in order to find one. So while there is a chance this weekend. Uh, Elliot Whitehead, who said himself is tiring of being these positional changes because he's a locker, a second row, or that's what he is. And yes, he is capable of going out at wide and doing stuff because he's a very talented footballer. Um, he's going to be up against some pretty, pretty good um, centres and it's going to be a challenge for him and it's going to be a holding role rather than an attacking role. So we've got to be careful about that. Um, I would like to see Nick Cotric back at the wing. He struggled at fullback last week. The
0: fullback experiment—I mean, we all wanted to see it—and it hasn't been a huge success. I think it will, and I think he will be a fullback. Um, he'll either be a fullback or a centre. I think. I he think centre. I, after after I was calling for him to be a fullback, and what I've seen at um, fullback so far, pretty safe. Made yeah. some made some some good tackles, you know, at the back. Um, but yeah, the the sort of the chiming in ball playing stuff hasn't really. Been evident. Not yet, but
1: remember, he's just a kid and he's learning a new position. I think he's going to be a fullback. I think he's going to be a good one. I think he's going to be a long-term prospect there. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. But I did notice a stat the other day that uh, we were the second worst team in the NRL at kick return meters. The second worst team in That's the NRL really at kick return meters. Yeah, yeah. With the, the back three that we've got, you know... Before Jack was there, you wouldn't think it was that low, but it is. But do you know who the worst team is? And this really surprised me. The worst team is the Manly Ring of Seagulls, and they've got Tommy Turbo at the back. Yeah. So you just, that, that doesn't seem to make sense to me.
0: But stats sometimes can be misleading. But yeah, that is, that is, that's interesting. Right now, you've got some questions from the punters. The punters have given you questions, haven't we they? We do. Okay, so great friend of the show, Dennis Carnahan. Oh, uh, Dennis. We, I went and saw Rugby League, the musical. Uh, if it comes back to Canberra again. You got to go. Definitely, definitely go. It was great. Of course. Sam Williams sat in front of
1: me. Yes. Coincidentally I've, enough, I was in, uh, and we love you, Sammy. We love you, Sammy, the Kuma Crooner. Um, incidentally, I was in Queensland. Um, where was Porky? Was in Queensland. Yeah. Ironically
0: enough. Ironically enough. So, what does Dennis ask? Huh? What do you expect from the next three weeks of the 2019 pre-season trial matches?
1: Oh, yes, um, well I expect a lot of trial I expect a lot of trial I ex- And tribulations Tribulations and trial Well they're are, tough games aren't they? Yeah they are uh, Um I think that It's really hard for me to be optimistic at this stage I'm Really struggling to be optimistic at this stage I'm not sure how the players so what or we the coaches We've got, we got Roosters We've got Roosters, homes, rabbits rabbits home. and then
0: Warriors away Warriors away That's in the current sort of Set up. That's nasty. That's probably about as tough as it gets. Yeah, it's pretty horrid. It's pretty horrid. If you could the, throw Melbourne in there, you know, which we've already got our pants pulled down by Melbourne recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's. And again, we got tough. our pants pulled down when we had a player at centre who wasn't. So yeah, that hurt a fair bit. What's our next question? Next question is uh, AJ Mithun. I just want to say thanks to everyone for keeping good cheer till we ran out. This season is toilet. <laughs> well, yes, AJ <laughs> Mithun. Um, this season is toilet. Um, there's
1: no question that this season is toilet. I've rarely had a season that I thought was more toilet than this. Even the ones where we were battling not to get the spoon, I thought were probably less toilet than this. And I think because there was
0: more hope this year. A lot more hope. What I didn't we- I didn't go into the season hugely optimistic just because of the Josh Hodgson yeah, neither factor. But then the fact that we were so close in so many games. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, the talent's there. It's just the results. Just haven't been. What else just, have we got? The talent's there. Just the coach just can't get the best out of the side. Yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> hater,
1: hater. Okay, what well, does Stephen Gladwish ask? Uh,
0: what is your expected lineup next season? Do you think we'll get another half? Um, well, I think we've sort of discussed the expected lineup, but okay. it's, it's been thrown by the Nick Kotrick not performing as well. At this is what thing. I believe is going to happen in the front row next year um, is
1: going to be a combination of the CS Oliola, Dinamis Lou, Ryan Sutton, and Liam Knight. I believe that will be the front row, with Josh Hodgson in between. And um, Where's Papali? Still Locke? I, and Papali might go into that, but I would say he'll be second row or Locke, where, and he'll be joined by Tarpanay, and he'll be joined by Whitehead, and he'll be joined by Bateman. By Bateman will be in, in that rotation. The English Bateman. The English Bateman. I think English, and, English and, and, Bateman. And Luke
0: Bateman will be on the bench too. Yeah, of course. But I think English Bateman, I was thinking, would be Locke and then Papali moving to the front row, but... Maybe.
1: Maybe. Yeah, maybe Locke. Um, I'd like to see Whitehead at Locke. I think whenever I've seen him play at Locke, he's played really, really good football. I don't think there's any question you want Tarpanay out on the edge. Yeah, and brilliant. And he's a starting player. Um, I think Bateman and Soliola are probably going to be bench at this stage. Yeah. What will be interesting to see is who the halves are. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing Caesar at seven and we're going to be seeing Jack White at six. Yeah. Um, just for the defensive angles... Uh, at this particular stage, then going to the back line, I think the the wingers sort themselves out with Kotrick on one wing yep. or a partner on the other. Centre's same. Centre's the same, Leilua and Croker. And, and then at the back, um, Brad Abbey may be there, Kotrick may be there, or Whiten may be there, and I think we'll see a rotation of, yeah. of, of those guys there. On the bench will be interesting. So I think, like I said, we've got Soliola there. I think we'll have Bateman there. Um, I think there's... there's um, I, I don't think we're going to run... A back on there. I think it'll probably be Havili is the 14. Definitely. Havili's been great. And then, you know, there'll be a Murchie. I think he has been too. He's really come up. And playing back rower, he's looking quite good, I thought.
0: So on the weekend, he played 10 minutes. Looked great. Got taken off after 10 minutes. Boyd goes back on. Drops the ball. Yeah, looks, I saw it. I looks, there. looks out of breath after two minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then Havili comes back on. That was that was strange. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. It was. Okay, so what is, what is uh John Christopher... Uh, so um, the other question that um, Stephen Gladwich asked, which we didn't answer then, was do you think we get, we'll get another half? I think there's a possibility, but if it is it someone, it won't evolve. be a Corey Norman. It won't be a big name. No, no, no no, no, no. But it,
1: look, it may be. I know the Wigan um, halfback is uh, George, what's his name, is hunting around, who wants an NRL. He's made that very clear. He's talking to clubs. Our issue is at this present stage, we have two sevens, three sevens signed up in Sammy Williams, uh, Aiden Caesar, who's just renewed, and we've got Hingana, who's expressed his um, he's taken up his option. That doesn't mean they'll be played, but I think if we're going to bring a brig name in, a lot of money needs to go out. So if that had to happen, it would really be incumbent on Aiden Caesar deciding that he wanted to go somewhere else because to bring in another half is going to cost a lot of money to yeah. do it.
0: No, I think that the possibility of another half coming but it'll be on the, the, the cheap end. You know, because they've said... mohan said that they are keeping some money in reserve because, as we've seen in recent seasons, yeah. players do become available. Yeah, and they at, do. At the and drop look, of a hat. I wouldn't, look, I wouldn't rule out the English guy. His name I
1: completely forget. Um, uh, because I know they were interested. Um, but I think they put their eggs in the Caesar basket. I think that's probably for the best. I think um, Caesar at seven is the most logical thing. Or at six, but... Um, I think his
0: defence is better for it in, in most cases. What What's the next, next question? Next question. The best 17 of the current century, 2000 to present. Now, I think that will require a little bit of homework. I think it will, too. And That's I think maybe we could do that, cover that in of our this final current episode. current century? Yes. From 2009. So we'll, we'll why don't we, we work on that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. we'll do one more episode after this one, which will be the uh, season wash-up, and we can maybe yeah, yeah. cover we'll that drive, as well then. Yes. Okay, so um, Ryan Gillard. I'm not blaming this for how the season has gone but how much of a distraction do you guys think the drawn-out contract sagas have been? Do we learn from this and move quickly on key players off contract next year, i.e. Tarpany and Rapina Okay, so, well, I think it has been a distraction, obviously. I think it has, too. Um, I think
1: uh, Joe Tarpany is a player you build a club around, so, yes, you move quickly on him. Uh, They'll already be on
0: it. Yeah, I think I think those two, as opposed to the likes of Shannon Boyd. Yeah. Blake Austin, Junior Paulo, where yeah. they said, let's see how you go before we commit to yeah, a big no, no. contract. We know how Joe
1: Tarpano is going to go. These two
0: guys, we've got to lock in yeah, yeah. ASAP. Yeah, yeah. Because, Look, you know, there's, there isn't there isn't probably a team in the competition right now who wouldn't be yeah. happy to pick oh, up those they're, guys. They're first-team players in any team, yeah. I believe. I don't
1: think there's a team that they wouldn't be in, the, in starting 17. George Williams is the Wigan yeah. player we're talking about. Um, yeah, no, I, I think they have to be signed up straight away. I don't think there's any question that... Uh, Tarpanay is he's already good at this age what is he, 22?
0: Is he older than that now? 23 maybe? No,
1: I think he's 22 Um, he came when he was 18 so um, I I think he's really good has to be and look you never get anything anything but 100% out of Jordan Rapiner. so he's my favourite
0: player you just have to honour that he if we were to try someone else at fullback I still would be interested to see how he goes again at fullback I think he clearly doesn't want to He's played there
1: before. I know he has, but you know the fact that they haven't tried him there more. You remember the period where we had Dugan, Ferguson, and I've forgotten the other winger now, San, and Sandor Earl. Oh. They used to flip around yeah. full back who went to the back, and they, they timed it, and that worked quite well. But Ruppen and rarely does that, so I don't know what it is. What's our next question? That pretty much covers the question. So, Beautiful. Um, okay, well, then, if that's the case, I just wanted to say, as much of a malaise I'm in, there are, in fact... Blake, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. And the reasons to be cheerful are thus. One, the pain is nearly over, people. The pain is nearly over. We have three more matches to go, and then we can just fully be looking forward to next year and having our proper team back on the field. And that's great. That's a reason to be cheerful, because at this stage I know we're all lugging ourselves to the game because we're loyal to our boys and because I love our club. Um But I would be lying if I didn't say it doesn't hurt at this present moment and it's not difficult. Um, I salute all of you who are doing as myself and Blake are doing and turning up each week. We need to keep doing it because the boys are going to keep doing it and we need to show them we're still here and we still love them. Um, another reason to be cheerful is that we're going to blood new talent. Um, Emre Gula is going to play this weekend. And is he? He's going to play. He's going to play. Is he
0: going to get off the pine? He is going to
1: get <laughs> off the pine. He's going to play, and we're going to see it. So that's great, and we're going to see a little bit more blooding of new, t- new talent towards the end of the season, which is going to be really good. And... Let's all look forward to 2019, which I guarantee is going to be a great season. We are going we're to We're going to win the comp, aren't we? We're going, we're going to... to win the free Or by 2020. Comp. Yeah, by 2020. <laughs> but we're going to win the comp next year. And we're going to do it because once more, Ricky and Holland have made an absolute coup in young John Bateman and Ryan Sutton. It's going to be fantastic. And all the missing pieces are going to fall into place. We're going to have good luck with the referees. We're going to have good luck with the bunker. We're going to have good luck with suspensions. And we're going to have good luck with injuries. Things are going to go, and some of the, the the young juniors are going to come through and prove themselves to be absolute stars. It is going to go magnificently, people, and that is my reasons to be cheerful. Eternal optimist, eternal oh, well, optimist. You got to be. Um, now, before we go to
0: grind my gears, let let's. You want to discuss, Ricky? You want to? No, discuss, I, what I would what I would like to discuss is um, overall the coaching situation, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that you know we lost Dean Pay. This year. Yeah, we did. And we only promoted uh, Brett White from within. Yep. Who was the under-20s coach. Yes. And look, you know, he comes from a great system in Melbourne and stand-up guy, all the rest of it. Didn't have a great record as the under-20s yeah, coach. Yeah, but what's
1: under-20s anyway?
0: I mean, really. Well, it depends really probably on the kids you have to work with is a big factor. but It does. He didn't, he didn't have a great record there. And yeah, I would like to see the club bring in a new assistant coach for next season. And I'd also like to know what the succession plan is. For Ricky, let's just say 2019 has to be Ricky's last throw of the dice. Last chance to learn. If the team doesn't make the eight in 2019, I think he really needs to fall on his sword or move upstairs. Well, if we don't make the finals next year, he will have made the finals once in six seasons.
1: Okay, now I want to make something perfectly clear to people. I recognise lots of people are talking about this with Rick. I recognise people have concerns and have lots of input to it. But what I need to make clear is my flag is firmly planted in the Ricky Stewart camp. Up Ricky's butt. And I go down (laughs) with the ship. So I'm in there for the long haul. I genuinely believe he's the right man for the job. I genuinely believe we've had some bad luck and bad circumstances. Yes, I'm not saying Ricky is blameless. Ricky wouldn't say he was blameless in this. He knows that when he's stuffed up, he he has better knowledge... anyone else. He hurts more than any of us, which is hard to believe because we all hurt, but I guarantee
0: Do you know he one does. of the things though that concerns me is overall the really considering his record is quite appalling. Yeah, the it's one final appearance in five years is not, you know, that doesn't meet any benchmark performance level at any club in any competition.
1: Yeah, but there is no level playing field. And also and, and we I'll... are playing at the very, very low end of that Con- play. Considering
0: field. considering that fact he seems to be under very little pressure, particularly from the Canberra media. Mm. The Canberra Times and ABC Canberra just seem to give the guy a free pass. Yeah, well, Are they because they're all scared of him? Why would you think people <laughs> were scared of him? Why would you think I'm Because not... if he if, because if anyone says anything remotely critical about him, he gives them the, the flamethrower treatment at the next press conference and probably refuses to talk to them. And further that, you know, Tim Gable um, recently wrote an article in the City News saying how wrong it was for the fans to criticise Ricky and how we should be supporting him and you know this, that and the other and all the reasons you know that he, things have gone against him this year. And look, while I agree with a lot of the points that he makes and a lot of points you make, at the end of the day, Ricky Stewart is on a million dollars a year to do a job. So let's not feel too sorry for him.
1: It's not a matter for me of feeling sorry for him. It's a matter that I look at the things that he's done since he's come into the club I see. I saw the culture before he was here, and I was a big Dave Ferner fan as a man and as a coach. I thought he was served a particularly bad shit sandwich during his period, and also got no freaking luck whatsoever with a couple of pretty bad players, a couple of pretty bad calls. But since Ricky's come in, he changed over the playing roster. Some of those have been complete winners. Um, I know C is getting to the back end of his career. But the day he walked into the club was one of the best days the club's ever had. He's a magnificent human, and i'm I'm proud to call him my friend. Um, Blake Austin worked out really well for two seasons, and who saw that coming? Um, Josh Hodgson, if you don't think outside Melmaninga he's the best recruit the club has ever made, I want to know who you think that is. That is the best recruit outside Melmaninga that the club has ever made.
0: We got lucky there
1: to a large extent, but it he was... He was. saw him and he went in and he got him. That was him and Mulholland. They identified it and they went and got it and they were absolutely bang on right. Um, and a lot of other players have come. Tarpanay, absolutely bang on. Whitehead, absolutely bang on. Kept Papali when we could have lost Papali. That was fantastic. There, We kept White when we could have lost White and We kept those players because of Ricky. And let's not forget that. Now, there's been lots of things that have gone in and on around the, the circumstance that haven't been great, but he did these things, and the culture of those players is really good. Yeah, it's depressed right now, but it's actually a club that's together. Yeah, they want. There are problems that need to be addressed, but I still think he's the man to do it. Um, as much as I'm loath to say anything about the way they work it up, because I want to be seen as being having complete solidarity with them, and I think that, and that's what you're getting at—that we're giving them a free pass. I hear what you're saying, and to a certain extent, I, I agree with that. I do think bringing
0: in another assistant coach might be a good idea. Um, So, the one that I've thought that, well, I guess the whole, I guess I want to know sort of what the succession plan is with coaches. Because if if Brett White is the succession plan, that concerns me. Um, The possibility of of an assistant joining next year, Andrew McFadden has left the Warriors. And he's moving back to Canberra. McFadden has left the Warriors. Repeat. (laughs) McFadden has left the Warriors, Um, and he's moving back to Canberra. Does he have a role to play? Does he have a job already? There hasn't been much reported about it. I've just heard he's coming back to Canberra. Yeah, well, um, he's someone I would like to see in there. If we're going to, you know, maybe there's another candidate. Maybe someone else will be brought in. But he's a good start, I'd say. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about that. I don't
1: want to make changes at the club for the sake of making changes because people are frustrated. This has been a crap hound season, but let's not forget: for the first twelve rounds, we did not have our marquee player,
0: and we didn't. But have last an year was a good, last year was also a big disappointment on the back of twenty sixteen. That we was didn't have definitely a big disappointment. We didn't have all the things. I don't go think this is the same. I don't think
1: this is the same. I agree. They had a crappy year in two thousand and seventeen, and Ricky's taken a lot of the blame for that and he acknowledged that he went about it the wrong way. 2018 has been a different pot of mustard. We've had three matches that have been cost us by um, uh, bad refereeing decisions, like literally cost. We were cost those matches because decisions either weren't made or were made that were incorrect. We have had injuries at inappropriate times. We, how many matches can you remember this season where we haven't had to do major positional shifts because we've lost a player for the match? Where Joey's gone off, or where Tarpino's gone off, or someone's got injured, and all of a sudden we found ourselves down a man on the bench and trying to shuffle people into positions they didn't belong in. You know, Hingano on the wing, for example. But
0: even then, some of the yeah, that was a bad decision from the coaching level. That wasn't a forced decision. There were other alternatives. There might have been other decisions other alternatives but the thing was we were in those situations
1: where we were forced into those things but that happens it to every out. team yeah, but it and they don't, don't seem to handle these to us this season. as badly as we do yeah well I I'd refu- like I said reasons to be cheerful it's going to be better and we have to look forward we have to sign up our memberships we have to sign up our- what
0: else did you want to say in this matter um, I just would like to see a succession plan with Ricky so that we've got an assistant appointed who potentially can you know take on the role because everything you say about Ricky and the culture I agree with 100% mm which is why I would like to see him after 2019, particularly if we fail again, moving upstairs, Phil Gould style. Being the head of the culture of the club, overseeing the recruitment, everything else, but not being the guy calling the shots on game day. Not be the guy coming up with the game plan. I think we need one of these new gener- new breed Smarter,
1: younger and coaches. See, this is the thing. Every time I walk into the ground, I see. I walk past these two statues. One of Mel Meninga, who I believed rightly an immortal of the game and was fantastic for the club, did everything he could for the club. Turns up to the uh, the players' reunion days, works with the club, is around with the players. You know, does stuff. He's a legend and a Canberra legend. And I walk past another statue of another guy, who retired from our club, had a statue made out of him, and then racked off, went and coached other sides. Has never returned, as far as I know, to any of the reunion days that I've ever seen. Um, doesn't turn up when the, when the things are hard. And yet has a statue and is revered. Whereas Ricky, in our darkest moments in 2013, when things were absolutely bad, turned up. Came home. Yeah, you're going to say he turned up for a million dollars. That's what he was on at Parramatta. You know? He broke that and turned back up to the club and tried to set it around. And he was... You know, a Churchill medalist he was a Dally M medalist he, if you don't think that 1994 was one not on the back of his efforts then you weren't watching the game he, had, he bled for this club he had to suck it up while that other person who has a statue of them got his captaincy and got it taken off him and he hurt when that happened and he stuck around the club then he got dumped by the club that he loved and now he's come back to coach it why isn't there a statue of Ricky he has bled for the bloody club you might not like him and yeah he is prickly He's a prickly dude and he'll be the first person to say that to you. But he has done everything he thinking can for this club. I want to see a statue of him. You know, maybe maybe his future is going upstairs, but he's
0: only 50 years old. And you know what? Yeah, but he's a, I, I know that in actual years he's not that he's not that old. But in terms of being a first grade coach for almost what since 2002? Yeah. 17-18 years pretty much non-stop. Yeah. It's it's a long time. Yeah, it's well, a long time to get stale.
1: Look, I'm a zealot. I, I, my flag is permanently in his camp. I know other people don't agree with me, but please understand my position of this is... You're firmly in the minority now, I think, though. Yeah, but I, I, I believe that minority be proved right. Just because you're in the minority doesn't mean you're wrong. Let's remember that, people. Anyway, but let's talk about things that are wrong because, as usual, there are things that grind my gears. Blake, there are things that grind my gears. And you know what grinds my gears this week? You know what really grinds my gears... Other team supporters forcing their two cents on us during our malaise, and <laughs> the, uh, uh, our intricate things. Like, A, we don't know what the issues are. Like it's some, oh my God, thank you for that fantastic epiphany. I now understand what's been going wrong at my club. And B, glibly dismissing the genuine crap that has happened to us as ref bashing or just whinging because our team's not good enough. I hate you. I absolutely hate you. Shut your freaking gob. What the hell do you know? I know there's stinking problems here. But for you to dismiss things like the bloody Ricky McFarlane flag off and the Katoa try, which cost us the freaking match, as ref bashing, go
0: fuck yourself. And that grinds my (laughs) gears, Blake. That grinds my gears. There you go. Well, on that note, I think that pretty much covers us for this week. It does. It does. And
1: thank you for listening this week apologies for the expletive but um, I believe it was necessary in this in this. In this, <laughs> this
0: All righty well uh, signing off I am the pork and I am the hater and I'm the suckhole <laughs> and we'll be back in a couple of weeks what will be the, uh, the final show for 2018 and uh, yeah we'll have our team of the 2000s. Yes indeed we will the team of the 2000s.